The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. The four members of Black Sabbath were absolutely working class, dirt poor, and an unlikely success. Sabbath bass player and songwriter Geezer Butler acquits himself well in this incredible memoir titled Into the Void from Birth to Black Sabbath and Beyond. The band, like many, were royally ripped off by management at one time, but survived and became one of the biggest metal bands of all time. Geezer Butler is on the line right now in the UK. Geezer, welcome. Congratulations on what is, to me, the most anticipated rock memoir in a long time. Congratulations on this. Thank you, Jim. Explain this to me if you can, because I've been hearing that the publishers made you remove at least 50 pages because, quote, it was too much for the modern reader. Are they serious? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of uh, some things that happened in the 50s that don't really go down too well now. And, but most of it was business stuff that um, could be, I could be sued for if I'd have put it in the book, so left it out. Right, so more along the lines of, of legal issues rather than uh, something else. Yeah, that, 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 that was it, yeah. I liked your reply to that, too. We're Black Sabbath, not the Osmonds. What did you expect? (laughs) (laughs) One of the things you say in the book is um, you you talk about the time that you, and it's very serious, you had a nervous breakdown. I guess it was around 1998, just after the band got back together again. And all these years later, antidepressants don't allow you to too much in the way of highs or lows, which is an important thing for people to know, because where would you be without these medications, right? Absolutely, yeah. It saved my life. Um, when I had the breakdown, like I, I couldn't see any way out of uh, the depression that I was in. And I went to uh, this doctor in St. Louis at the time, and he knew exactly what I was going through, and put me on Prozac initially, said it'll take about six weeks, keep taking the pros, and in about six weeks you'll start feeling the depression will lift and start feeling normal again. And uh, it worked, and I've been on and off and everything. Yeah, and I guess you have to kind of uh, consider yourself lucky because so many people in your business who are on the road all the time, you find these doctor feel-good types who give you the stuff that is not very helpful. Yeah, I mean... When I first had the depression in, in England, I used to go to the doctor in England. They'd say, I'll go down to the pub and have a couple of pints and feel better. <laughs> or uh-huh. take the dog for a walk. And it was like, now you don't understand what I'm going through. And it wasn't until much, much later going to St. Louis, doctor in St. Louis, finally understood and knew what I was going through was able to explain it to me. Geezer, some of the more interesting moments in the book, I have to say, where you're talking about how Tony was, I guess, a year ahead of Ozzy in school, and he would actually bully him, true? That's what uh, Ozzy used to say, yeah. Tony used to say that he didn't bully him, but um, <laughs> apparently that's what happened. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd take Ozzy's word for it. True that Ian Anderson nearly hired away Tony to play in Jethro Tull? Because that would have changed the course of history, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, it certainly changed uh, 
Sabbath because um, I went with Tony down to London to the rehearsals with uh, Jethro Tull and um, I saw, I, I seen the way that the major band has to work to be successful because up until then uh, we were just like turning up for any old time of the day, not really uh, doing the same old songs and everything. And I went down uh, with Tony to London uh, when he was rehearsing with Jethro Tull and Tony said... Uh, First of all, Tony didn't like being told what to play, so um, he didn't join Jethro Tull in the end. But he said, this is how we've got to work, be successful, got to be exactly like them. Nine, treat it like a nine-to-five job, you get there at nine in the morning, you rehearse and write all day long uh, until, you know, you've come out with some good songs. It was the only way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, you have to do it, um, yeah, you really have to be serious about your music that are just, you know, treating it like any old thing, just turn up any time and play the same old stuff. You have to write your own stuff and uh, be proud of what you're doing. And certainly you wrote some great ones. I seem to remember the story of you going transitioning from guitar to bass after having seen Jack Bruce live with Cream. Yeah, I, was, uh, I used to be a rhythm guitarist before that. I was, me and Ozzy were in a band called Rare Breed, and I was a rhythm guitarist in that. And one, my favourite band at the time was Cream. I saw them three times. And on the third time, I stood in front of Jack Bruce because I'd seen Eric Clapton and uh, Ginger Baker, the drummer. And then the third time, I stood in front of Jack Bruce. And I, just, I was just mesmerised at what he was doing on bass. And I didn't really realise you could do that kind of thing on bass. And that sort of inspired me to want to play bass. When Sabbath uh, reunited, I guess it was over 10 years ago, it looked like drummer Bill Ward was on board, but then backed out. And I've heard, I've read recent interviews where Bill said, I just don't have the chops to tour any longer. I could still record new music. Do you know anything differently than that, than what I heard? Um, we were doing the, uh, we were all together writing stuff. And then I went away on uh, holiday to Hawaii and I came back. And Bill Wood wasn't part of the band anymore. And Tony and Ozzy thought that he wasn't really physically up to it. And I suggested that he come on the tour with us and do like two or three songs and have a, a, another drummer. And Bill said, no, I'm not going to do that. I either do the whole show or I'm not doing anything. And um, it just fizzled out. I'm still not sure why what happened about Bill, whether he's whether it was his idea to drop out or whether he was physically unfit or he couldn't do it. And I've heard that you wrote this book really for your family, your grandkids, because, and it's true for a lot of us, we don't ask our parents about their lives until it's uh, until it's too late, yes? Yeah. Since me, particularly my dad, when he died, because he, you know, he was in the army and everything, 12 years. He'd been to Egypt and India and all these kind of places. Yeah. And I just took him for granted. I never used to ask him things about his life or anything like that. Or my mum. I didn't know what she did before she met my dad or any of that. And um, I just always felt really sad that I, I didn't know much more about my parents, but I just took them for granted. So initially, this was a, a memoir for my grandkids and their kids. So that, you know, that have uh, an idea of how I grew up and how Sabbath came about and what happened after that. And, you know, that was turned into a book. 
I really love that. And are you surprised that all of you original members are still with us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible that the four of us are still there. Geezer Butler's Into the Void from Birth to Black Sabbath and Beyond. It's available at Amazon and wherever you buy your books. Geezer, so great to talk to you. Just an honor. Stay well, my friend. Oh, thank you, Jim. Thanks. Sabbath won three Grammy Awards, sold over 70 million records, and they were once dubbed by Rolling Stone as the Beatles of heavy metal. Well, that finishes this episode of the Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. 